What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, Wellpreneurs. Welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. Guys, I am so excited to share this interview with you. This is probably my favorite interview of, I don't know, at least the past couple of months. So today I'm talking to Brie Argetsinger, who's also known as the Betty Rocker. Brie has the coolest brand that just so reflects her personality and her interests. She's got over 35,000 YouTube followers, 150,000 Instagram followers, half a million Facebook followers. She's got products. She's got like her YouTube TV show. She's got like her books that are out. Oh my gosh, it's awesome. But what we're talking about this interview is what's going on behind the scenes. How has she gotten to where she is? What are her daily practices, her morning routine, her mindset that helps has helped her to create this incredible business over the past four years? So I know you are just going to love this conversation with Brie. Now, if you're not that active in our Facebook group, you definitely want to come over and check it out because in our Facebook group, Over the past couple of weeks, I've been sharing some behind the scenes in my own business. In fact, since I got back from that conference in Bangkok that we talked about last week, I'm in the process of implementing my own action steps that have come out of that conference. And one of the big ones is to automate a lot more in my business. So I'm actually sharing live streams almost every day in that group where I'm taking you behind the scenes in how I'm building out my sales funnel, how I'm changing my business to incorporate all of my different interests, including natural beauty and and some really exciting stuff I have planned for next year. And I'm just being a total open book and just like sharing to you what I'm doing to make this happen. So we've had feedback. I did a little poll in the group, which you can still weigh in on about what people are most interested in learning about. And so far you're interested in like, how can we get more people to sign up for your new email opt-in and also how to create an automated sales funnel. And actually both of those are things that I'm working on right now that I'm going to be sharing in live streams. So definitely pop over to our Facebook group, which is the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind. If you go into Facebook and you type Wellpreneur, you'll see both the Wellpreneur page and the Mastermind group. So just click to join the group, come over and join us in there. And I'd love to see you on some of the live streams and to hear your questions and hear what you want to learn about. Now, this episode is sponsored by Swellby.com. Swellby is an online marketplace that can help our wellness listeners, that's you, to market your business by listing your business on their site so that patients and clients can find you there. You know the situation when you're so busy working with your existing clients, you don't have time to find new ones. But with most people starting their search for a new wellness provider online, it's crucial that your practice appears in their searches. That's why Swellby.com built this new online marketplace, so new clients can find you as a practitioner quickly online, pay for, and book their appointment all on one platform. You can sign up as a practitioner for free at Swellby.com. That's S-W-E-L-L-B-Y dot com. And when you do check them out, make sure to say you heard about them on the Wellpreneur podcast. I don't want to make you wait any longer for this interview with Brie from Betty Rocker because it was just really real 
actually. It just felt like a real conversation with a friend, just talking about what life's been like doing this crazy online entrepreneurship thing. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's dive into the interview. And I hope to see you over in our Facebook group. Hi, Bree. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Amanda. So I'm going to try really hard to call you Brie and not Betty, Betty Rocker. (laughs) That's okay. I'm sure you have that problem a lot, but it's so catchy. Thank you. It's not really a problem at all. I actually got, I was called punk rock Betty Crocker for a long time when I was a kid because tattoos, motorcycles, and baking somehow morphed into Betty Rocker. (laughs) Good combination. Um, Yeah, thanks. Cool. So I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for ages because, well, I'm sure most people out there listening will know about you and know about the Betty Rocker brand, but you've got like a huge following on Instagram and Facebook and you've got a YouTube channel. And I think you're really an inspiration for a lot of wellpreneurs that are a bit further back in the journey. So I'm I'm thrilled to have you here to share some of what you've learned and, and some advice and, and what you've gone through. Oh, I'm so like, it's awesome to be here. Cause like I, I literally was, I was at the airport last night coming home from San Francisco and um, I ran into this lovely couple and it turns out they were both in the industry and they like, I like gave them a reference for a designer that I use and something, another resource. And it was just so awesome. I just love sharing my resources with others who are on that path because I, I feel so close to it myself. Like I'm still have so much to learn and I'm so grateful when I get the opportunity to learn from other people. And I, we have this great saying on my team, you know, it's, um, it's not, it's not an original or anything. It's just learn one, do one, teach one. And that's, I feel like that's the cycle that we, Mm -hmm. you know, the cycle that helps us all grow and keeps me motivated anyway, to, to keep growing when I can share with other people. So Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. I always say like, this and I wasn't expecting this at all when I when I started down this path of entrepreneurship, but it's like the best personal development exercise ever because yeah. you think you get it figured out, you know, you get to like the next thing and then you realize, oh my gosh, there's so much more that you actually need to learn or so many like internal beliefs and stuff that you run up against that you've got to, you know, work oh, through. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, as you grow a business, you're also growing yourself. And I think that's, so one of my mentors, Dan Sullivan, he's, he talks about, he's just a very holistic businessman. And he talks a lot about that, like how, you know, you know, you got to keep growing or you're going to die, basically. <laughs> like it's that constant state of growth that keeps us young, actually. When you got started, or I guess tell us, you don't have to tell the whole backstory because it's on your website, but how long have you been running Betty Rocker? And like, did you expect that when you started it? Did you expect it would be such a that you'd have to, you know, you'd have to keep pushing and growing and changing and learning the whole time? No, not at all. I started the blog in like early 2012, maybe late 2011. So barely, you know, four or five years in right now. And I started it because I was just like recovering from treating my body really horribly for a long time. And sort of in a transition, I was, let's see, four or five years ago. So I was just like 34, 35 And I had just kind of like figured out a lot of stuff about how to start to be actually a healthy human in a balanced way. And I wanted to share like what I was creating because, you know, I I don't like things to be complicated. And I felt like 
I had kind of run the spectrum of different diets. I was like my own personal experiment, like probably a lot of people listening, you know, because you, you know, intuitively we have this knowing, all of us have this knowing of like what's right for us. Um, and we actually like allow ourselves to listen. And I had bypassed those signals for many years and, you know, was not doing what was right for me. And so once I kind of turned that corner and I started, I really wanted to share. And that's kind of like what I was talking about at the beginning. I just, I feel like if I'm doing something that's useful to me, I want to share it with others. And so that was when I really had the inspiration to start writing the blog. Originally, I had the concept for Betty Rocker to be like a show. I wanted to have the Betty Rocker show. And I also wanted to have a book. But spending a lot of time listening to Tim Ferriss talk, I, I was like, you know, I think I should develop a platform. And then I'll I'll suddenly have book publishers coming to me wanting me to write a book. So if I could somehow create an online following, maybe then I could get a book published. But I, I did actually write multiple book proposals at that time while I was first starting the blog and got lots and lots of rejections, but kept plugging away at the blog. And uh, the, the really the point where I started to believe in it as a that it was really doing some real good was when I got a phone call from Whole Foods <laughs> and they, they were like, hey, one of our store employees, her name is Barb. She's lost 50 pounds in the past year. And when we asked her, you know, we're featuring her as our healthy team member of the month. And when we asked her what had motivated her and gotten her to do this and, you know, what she attributed her success to, she said Betty Rocker and reading her blog and also knowing her because I would shop at Whole Foods a lot. And I was always just like, I was curious. So I was talking to the employees and people who work at Whole Foods are so cool. Like it's a great company and they, they have, they treat their employees very well. So I was just interested. And I remember Barb used to always ask me, oh my gosh, you're so tiny. I'm about five feet tall. And she's like, you have so much food in your cart. Like, how do you, what do you, I, I barely eat anything. You know, she was in the mindset of like skipping meals. And, and I said, oh, go read this article on my blog. I just posted um, and, and read about this. And I would tell her about it, but then she would go and read it. And she actually started using my recipes and following me. And, and she did everything I said. And she had a remarkable success. And so I started teaching cooking classes at Whole Foods and they invited me in as a guest chef and they were really popular. And it just gave me the confidence that I needed to really believe in what I was doing and take it seriously. And that's when I started writing my first um, self-published book, The Body Fuel System. How long had you had your blog been going when you got that email from Whole Foods? About a year. Okay. It was like literally a year in. And, and that's that was it. I mean, I, I was an early adapter on the Instagram platform. So when it first came out, I was one of the first few fitness people on there. Well, there were a lot of fitness people on there right from the beginning, but I guess the way that I did it was, I was just different. I think I stood out. I mean, I always, I had tattoos and I was definitely taking selfies and posting pictures of my food. Like you'll see that all the time now. But I think what set me apart in those early days was the things that I would write. I was in a lot of pain, like emotionally and, and personally, like trying to overcome like my demons. And I was healing myself with food and I was learning to love myself and love my body. And I would write about those things in my posts. And um, it was really inspiring for people. And so I gained a following quickly. I think I had about, by the time my book came out, my first ebook, I had 10,000 followers. And I uh, started, I just started mentioning the book in my Instagram posts like a few, like a few times a week. And I started selling 100 copies a month, like without even trying. And the book was $47. So that more than doubled the income that I had back then. 
because back then I was working as a structural integrationist. I was I had a thriving business in the motorcycle racing community. So I would travel to racetracks and events and and take care of the racers. So I would set up my little shop and I would work on people. I'd walk on their backs. I'd be doing adjustments, um, structural alignment, all kinds of great stuff, sports medicine. And, you know, I, I was, it was physically demanding. Like I was in the time for money, time for money trade. So this completely changed the game for me. So did you ever have times like, oh, you must have done like back then when you were just like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. Like, what am I doing where you wanted to quit? Or do you feel like you were able to keep focused until it really started taking off? I tend to be one of those people that is just like, when I get an idea, I'm really stubborn and determined. Tenacious. <laughs> yeah, you're tenacious. <laughs> that's the word. That's actually the word that's been used to describe me probably the most by people who don't even know each other. But thank you. I love that word. I was just so focused on the business that I, I mean, I was, I actually had a sort of casual like relationship and when I had first started the blog and I, I just like, I couldn't even take it seriously because I was so focused on creating what I wanted to create, you know, like, and, uh, like I was just completely determined to make this happen. And, you know, when you have a focus like that, it really does kind of clarify things in your life. Like if a relationship isn't a great fit, it can make it even more clear that it's not a great fit. We don't, which I think was the case for that. But it was also, I remember being accused of by my partner, like you're too, all you care about is work. (laughs) I was like, well, I really, really, really believe in this and I really love it. And I'm going to do what it takes to make it as successful as I can. I think, I think a lot of us get accused of that. And that's something we can talk about actually is trying to find that balance because it's not just like being a workaholic in a job. It's like when you're running your own business and you're creating it, it's your vision and it's you and you, you just love it. Like I love to work on my business. Like I'll do it in my free time if I don't have anything else to do. And I think that can, you know, it can become all consuming and it's, and there's other things in life that are important also that we need to be paying attention to. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think so this this past year, I spent the year um, working with Strategic Coach, which is a highly recommended program for entrepreneurs who have teams that they and I, you know, this year, I it was just me, I was solo for the first couple years. And then I hired an assistant in like my second and halfway through my second year, who's still with me. And then this year, I hired one, two, three more people. So now I have like, you know, a team. And so learning team building skills and also learning that work-life balance has been like key to me and in, in making this be a sustainable business because I didn't know day to day, like what was going to happen. I, I just know that like you, I was so passionate about it. Free time was not like a concept for me. It was just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to stay up for three days straight and sleep and take naps because I'm learning how to use WordPress right now. Like, or I'm like, I have something I have to figure out how to do and I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to go learn that system. I'm going to go learn how to, how to do this. Like I'm going to research everything I can because you know, when you're, when you're, you're bootstrapping it in the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't have the money to go hire out. And like everyone talks about outsource this, outsource that. I mean, first of all, you got to learn how to outsource, you got to learn how to hire. And, and it's, it can be daunting. Sometimes it's best to learn to do as much as you can yourself and then you outsource. Well, at least that's the approach I took. I learned to do most everything myself from designing my website to designing the images to writing the emails to making the videos to pretty much everything that goes on in my brand. And so that now when I do outsource, I can be very sure that I know what to tell someone that I need and also to appreciate how much better they could potentially be at it than me. And so when that's not the case, then I keep looking <laughs> because I can do a lot of things. And um, 
I think when you're really driven by that inner fire, that passion for what it is that you're working on, you will find a way. You will be resourceful. There's no lack of resources, but there is in yourself a lack of resourcefulness if you're not gunning for what you want, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know the answer to this question that I'm going to ask you, but it's come up a lot among my friends that are entrepreneurs and some events that I've been going to here in Hong Kong. Like, do you think, what do you think about this, like this all consuming passion for it and working all the time and throwing off your work-life balance? Like, I think a lot of us do that. And I wonder if you actually need that to be able to be successful or if there's another way. So I was mentioning that I'm in strategic coach now. And one of the concepts that Dan has, my great friend and mentor, Dan Sullivan, guys should look him up. He talks about having focus day, free day, buffer day. So there's the concept that I've embraced it and it's been helping me so much. My focus days, which I have throughout the week, and these these don't have to be in any specific rotation. You could do like a month of focus days and buffer days and then have like three free days. You know, your free days are sacred. Those are the days you get to play and just goof off and not do anything. I schedule a free day once a week right now, personally. I have two dedicated focus days, which are days where the team doesn't bother me. I get to just be completely immersed in whatever it is that I'm doing and want to create and want to do. I don't schedule any calls those days. I simply have my focus days because I don't know about you guys, but I'm a visionary and a creator and I just need, sometimes I have like 12 different things that I'm working on, but they all make sense to me. They all work together for me. And some days I'm focused on one specific thing and that's what I want to do. And I'm in the flow state when I create that space for myself, because then there's the buffer days, which are really important. The buffer days are the days that I do podcast interviews. I talk to coaches of mine. I, I talk to the team. I work with the team. I do other, other things that help set up my focus days or help make me feel great when I take my free day. And obviously like the goal, I'd like to take more free days, but it's just so lovely to be able to get up in the morning and just completely let go knowing that I'm going to get back and to have like what I really need, which is the focus day a couple days later and that I'm going to have that buffer day to set up my next focus days. That's the system that is the first system that's really worked for me that I've been able to stick to. And I don't know if that's useful, but that is how I've been really finding balance this year in my schedule. Mm -hmm. When you said about the focus day, I just got this feeling like this really good feeling like, oh my gosh, that'd be amazing to know you have the entire day just to go deep into whatever it is that you're excited about at the time, like working on a book or creating a program or whatever it is that you really need focus. And I'm curious on those focus days, what do you do about other digital distractions like social media and email? I mean, do you just not check it at all or you know, how do you handle that? That's a great question. So the way I structure it, well, I, first of all, I'm not the one who handles all of my social media now. I, I have like I've highly trained team members who help me with social media because that's 90% of what we're doing is communicating with our audience because, you know, we love them. <laughs> and um, I want to make sure that they're there. I have three rules with for communication in my team. And that's the three A's. I came up with this after studying how we communicate with people. So answer, acknowledge and appreciate. If you get two of the three A's, then you are, you've answered that person well. Because some people just need to be appreciated and acknowledged and some people just need to be answered and acknowledged, right? So as long as you're getting two of the three A's in every response you have across all of our social media, but I digress. Most of the time on a focus day, I get up and do my morning routine and I'll check my emails. I have a VIP inbox, so I have very limited amounts of emails that flow through to me. So on my focus days, I have a window until 10 a.m. 
where I check on things and just, you know, if there's anything that's needed, I just observe it and, and answer as needed. But then I, I get my focus day starts at 10 and no one, no one bothers me. I'm not required to be doing anything. And I got an Apple watch not so long. Well, like last year. And part of how I, why I love it so much is because I have the Apple watch only push specific notifications to the watch. So I don't really look at my phone that often during the workday. Uh, I'm not checking social media like ever. I check it on a schedule. Like when I, when it's like the, like I batch it, right? So I'll check social media if I'm checking it that day, then I flow back to like the other things I'm doing. But on a focus day, I don't even bother with that. I just have the space to just work on a project that I'm working on. And it starts at 10, 10 to four or 10 to five. It's just like a nice big chunk of time. I mean, that just sounds like delicious because to be able to just fully get into the flow, like you said, because I think all this, this context switching, and we just had somebody on a couple episodes ago who talks about, he trains people to get into the flow. He trains athletes. So we were talking about this flow state and every time you're like switching between tasks, it takes like 20 minutes to get back into what you're doing. So I think this thought well, you, of just immersing yeah. all day is just, oh, I'm going to schedule one for next week. It sounds amazing. Well, you, and you, you need, we all need those, like, like I'm doing many different things all week, right? And talking to a lot of people. So if you give yourself the buffer days, like if you want to use strategic coach lingo, if you're giving yourself buffer days, it's fantastic because you do need to have days where you're switching between multiple tasks. You need to be available. I need to be able to have calls with certain people. But now I have just three days a week that are blocked out for calls and I don't violate that ever. So, and that's why things are getting done now at a very fast rate because I have control of my schedule. Mm-hmm. I know. I think uh, what I see with a lot of people just starting out is they feel like they need to be available all the time for clients and for calls and for opportunities that might come up. And I think if you're constantly in that state of, oh my gosh, I could do a call at any time, then you don't ever get to focus and really make progress on moving forward. So it's definitely, it's a bit scary at first, I think, to carve up your time and set boundaries like that, but so worthwhile. I cannot say how more about how I got this wrong for like the first last four years, basically. (laughs) Like it was really just this year that I set up this system because I was, I feel like I worked really, really hard and was not nearly as efficient as I am now or productive. So it's definitely like, I feel like the, uh, we all have like a learning curve, right? We don't get to like great places unless we make mistakes or like screw things up. Like I wouldn't be this like super healthy person if I hadn't been super unhealthy. I mean, I might, I might be super healthy, but I doubt I would value it as much or understand like its importance at such a gut level if I hadn't been so, so bad. <laughs> so, yeah. You mentioned a couple minutes ago, kind of the magic words, you said your morning routine. And I wonder if you could share with us what your morning routine is. I'd love to. You guys are going to love this. So I have some like uh, probably a lot of people, like if, if anyone listening has been diagnosed with anxiety, depression, any of those types of things, I'm on the bipolar spectrum. And this year, I basically like have been doing this experiment with some breathing techniques and cold therapy because I don't like medication or supplements. And I've had really bad results with different things that I've taken that just make me feel foggy and not able to focus and be like the superhero, right? So I have developed my morning routine to really help me be sharper entrepreneur. So I, you know, I, I hope you don't mind me sharing a little bit about that personally, because I, I just, I get letters and emails from customers and, and fans nonstop about 
about their conditions like this, about their emotional conditions, about their, you know, psychological conditions. And, and I'm like, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Like, so this, this is the stuff I'm doing that helps me. And, um, um, and if this could help anyone, but, uh, I, I found out about the Wim Hof method. Wim Hof. Do you know who he is, Amanda? Oh. He's the Iceman. You guys should look him up. Um, Wim Hof. It's just W-I-M-H-O-F. That's actually what I was doing in San Francisco this past weekend. I went to one of his workshops and I got to meet him and his amazing family. But I am a big believer in his breathing techniques. And they're very simple. You just go through a round of 30 breath cycles and then you just stop breathing and you just time how long you go without breath. And because that you just really oxygenate yourself and then you're able to stop breathing for, like I, I can hold my breath for two to three minutes. Um, and you do this three or four times. And then the final round you do, you do the breath exercise, you hold your breath and you do push-ups, and you see how long you can go under a stressful condition while doing your push-ups. And I'm going through his 10-week course at the moment. It's really fun. And you follow this up with, um, you, can, you can either sit and just breathe or you can um, do some other stretching. I usually take go from that right into a yoga session or a, a workout session. The breathing takes me about 30 minutes. Then I do um, like a 30-minute exercise workout. And then I do uh, a cold shower. So I'll do cold for a minute to two minutes and then I'll do hot and then I do cold again. I got in an ice, a big bucket of ice this weekend with a bunch of other people. That was super cool. Just working on the cold therapy. You guys should definitely check out the Wim Hof method and check out Wim because like what they're discovering, what science, he's being studied by science. He's, he's basically like, oh, he's, he's created these incredible abilities in himself to do all these amazing things, but he's teaching his, his why, he's teaching how he does it. And so there've been all these studies of him already that are proving that it's possible to do this. And uh, just great stress reducer. I find that I have just amazing epic days when I've done the breathing method in the morning and done my cold shower. Um, And after I do the cold shower and the hot, you know, I do my cold shower routine. um, I make an epic breakfast. I turn my phone off of airplane mode because I'm on airplane mode until I'm ready to be available. So then I'm ready and I have a rocking day. Awesome. I love this tip. You're on airplane mode till you're ready to be contacted. We need to kind of take control of our technology and not necessarily be contactable all the time. So I love that. Oh, yeah. That's a huge, huge. And I, I also have a, a thing at night where my phone goes on to do not disturb mode Yes. By like, at like 9 p.m. And, yeah. and that way I don't get any random disturbances at, at a time I don't want them. Ugh, mine does too. I cannot understand people that have their phone like on all night. Because what if people are texting you, especially because I live in a different time zone now from a lot of people that I know. I just, yeah, it automatically needs to go on, on um, do not disturb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So one thing, and this is a little bit, I don't know, just something I noticed on your, on your profile, actually, when we connected, you had the quote from Steve Jobs that said, you can't connect the dots looking forward, only backward. And I love that quote because it's so true, right? Is you don't always, you have a vision for where you're going but you don't always know how it all is going to fit together until until you've got there, gotten there to the end or not the end, but you've gotten to the next stage of your journey. And so one thing that came up when I read that quote, thinking about you and your business is when you got started, you know, you were documenting your own journey. You said you were interested in fitness. You're interested in like motorcycles and like all this kind of stuff, but also baking. Like how in your did you see them all fit together? Did you see that this was like one thing or? Has that kind of evolved over time? I don't know if I thought it was one thing. It just felt like those, I used to, you know, the book I wanted to write was called Life's What You Bake It, <laughs> <laughs> which really does sort of pull everything together, right? Because I, I do feel like I've created my own reality and I've like, want to really want to take care of my body along the way. And I think 
cooking used to really be a meditative practice for me because when you're chopping vegetables and putting a meal together and, or, or, you know, making any kind of recipe, you're really immersed in that experience. It's, It's hard to focus on anything else. So it's a, it's a lovely way to just get yourself centered. And it's like, you know, like, like it's another kind of, it's another exercise, right? It's like exercise. So I guess I just, just felt like I wanted to create, and while I took a lot of traditional recipes and, and like kind of Betty Rockerized them, made them into healthier versions with more whole foods. And I've, I've had a lot of failed experiments in the kitchen, but a lot of really great successes. So just trying to simplify the recipes. But that's, I guess that's what I meant about, you know, the baking aspect, because just cooking and baking just seemed to be just really, just really nurturing things to do for ourselves. And I guess I felt like I wanted to, transition to more of a self-love approach. And that was really a big part of that was how I was choosing to take care of my vessel of awesomeness or my body. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're making decisions, uh, sorry, just kind of to to extend off that and taking care of yourself and honoring yourself, like when you're making decisions in your business, how do you do that? Does it go by intuition or like how, I guess I'm curious, like how, how or do you use intuition in your business? Yeah, I think that I was thinking about that when you were reading the Steve Jobs quote to me, because that is one of my all time favorite quotes. I've always described the way that I live my life as following my heart. Have you guys, have you ever read the heart math solution? Are you familiar with it? No, I haven't. Now, this is another book that I'll, I I love biohacking and body, like all the stuff about the body. But like, I'm really interested in the brain, but I'm also really interested in the heart and the heart has neural cells in it. And the brain actually checks in with the heart and quite a lot of its decision making. You can read this book. I actually didn't tell you, I have a night routine where I do heart math breathing. There's a little breath monitor you can get in an app. And so I do what's called book ending my day. My day is like, I, I have like a bookend, a, a morning and a night routine. But this heart math stuff, like it just really gave me a lot of clarity around the power of our intuition and, and how important it is to listen to like your gut or your heart or whatever you want to call it. I'm very, I don't know, people describe me as very genuine. I guess I'm just really like, I'm a no BS kind of a gal, just very direct and to the point. And I, it's, I find it sort of easy to understand what are, what is driving others. And so when I'm making decisions in business, I'm doing that with a lot of heart sense and a lot of understanding for their emotional needs and drivers. And I'm really wanting to know them and what's important to them so that I can make the best decision about whether or not this is a good co-mingling of energy in anything that we're doing. So I actually have a checklist of eight things that I go through when I'm going to work with someone new, sort of the the standards of what I think are appropriate for like how we want to be, how we want to be treated by, with contractors and how we want, you know, what, what, what our, what our goals are for, for working with these different people who we work with. And that's been really helpful, but having a sort of a standard, it helps, but you know, your gut and your heart also really lead you in decisions and you should trust them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time I, I've found that I get stuck in my head and I try to just logic or reason out a decision, uh, it's, I'm usually forcing it too much and it, it works much better when I just go with what I really like the gut feeling, what you're being called to do. Absolutely. And also I can't say enough about getting the right coaches and having the right supporters. You know, I, like I said, used to be that solopreneur trying to go it alone and have now having the support of, you know, strategic coach. That's my, you know, my mastermind. And, and also just they're more than a mastermind. They provide me with great tools and, and coaching. And I also have a business coach who I talk to a couple times a month, who's just amazing. And that's, that's hugely helpful, you know, having that support. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So, that helps me make decisions too. Because sometimes <laughs> you need someone smart who's been there before, who has a broader perspective to ask your questions of. So yes, intuition, but get a great coach too. Can I ask, how did you find your business coach? Because I know, you know, a lot of people just struggle with that. Like there's so many people that advertise themselves as business coaches online. So how did, yeah, how do you choose who you want to work with? Well, my gut helps a lot when I meet someone who's a potential prospect, right? But also like a lot of times their reputation speaks for themselves. And I, in my case, I happened to be at an event, uh, one of Yannick Silver's event called Underground. And I got to meet um, James Tramco, who I had never, I hadn't known him, uh, hadn't known of him or knew him, but we just had an immediate connection. And he just has so much integrity. And we were really about similar things. We had very similar core values. And James is behind some really amazing people's success. And just he has this way of understanding business dynamics. And, um, and my, my work with him as a coach, he has a great uh, mastermind called Superfast Business. Uh, he has Superfast Business. He teaches a lot of business coaching stuff. And then he has like an inner circle, silver circle that I'm in, which is where I get a lot of really great advice. And I, I mean, I just, I just felt like that group. And I, I looked at other masterminds and I looked at other coaching programs and other coaches, but there's no one that just felt right, the right fit for me more than James did. And he's just very fair. I feel like he always has my back. He knows he has great connections for me. We are in the same circles, but he's just a lot farther along. Yeah. I I think those were some of the things that, I mean, he's just amazing. Just his perspective, like the things that he sees. And every time we we speak, I, I leave the conversation feeling just really, just really energized. And like, I'm, I'm, I always know what to ask him. You know, it's just, it's just awesome. He just has great, great, great feedback. And yeah, I I think having business coach is really cool. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. I know we're almost at the end of our time together. Um, So I'm wondering if you could go back and talk to yourself, you know, four years ago, five years ago, when you were just getting started, what advice would you give yourself? Just to not give up, just to do exactly what you felt like doing, because I wouldn't be where I am right now without the mistakes I made along the way, without the hard work that I put in. I'm really like so grateful for the mistakes because they're the quickest way to get the experiences you need to know what to do to trust yourself. So just like go for it. You know, I would just like pat her on the back and, and tell her she's freaking badass and not stop believing in herself and just keep going because it's just going to get better and better. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bree. Do you have any kind of final words for the people out there listening who are, you know, getting their own wellness businesses going? Yeah, I was thinking about you guys who are listening. And first of all, thank you for listening. And I know I was like all over the place and I hope you got some useful nuggets. But most of all, I just want to remind you to just to believe in yourself, that you are doing a great job and that you should trust the process that you're in. And that if you're listening to podcasts like this, you you are resourceful. You're more resourceful than you even know. Like you have the ability to, to make it happen. And whether you are happy in the business that you're currently in or you're thinking about doing a different one, like it's all like part of the growth process that you've signed up for by virtue of being an entrepreneur, just like Amanda said. So stay in it, stay strong and, and believe in yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bree. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I feel like I just talked your ear off. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all the links that we talked about in the show notes, which are over on the website at wellpreneuronline.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to come check us out in the Facebook group where I'm live streaming really frequently. It's been every day. I can't guarantee that's going to keep going on forever, but I'm going to keep live streaming at least a few times a week to share with you this behind the scenes of what's changing in my business and how you can apply the same ideas of automating, making things easier and more automated and to really reflect the true you. I'm going to be sharing about that in the Facebook group so that you can do that as well. So have a fantastic week and I will see you back here next week with the next episode. 